COVID news has ravaged the Chargers again as Joey Bosa has been placed on the list and will miss Sunday's game against the Texans. And six other Chargers have also been placed on the COVID list. We have to get into that today. But in better news, we have NFL Network's Taylor Bashani on the show to talk about it. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we have a giant guest on today's show. But first, we've been covering the Chargers for over four seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which started five seasons ago. And this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. But we could not be more excited today to bring on Taylor Bashadi onto the show from NFL Network, who does a ton for the Chargers. I mean, she's the main NFL Network Chargers reporter for the most part, coming out with a lot of the reports today about guys testing positive for the Chargers for COVID-19. To make sure you guys never miss big shows like this, make sure to go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. But definitely glad we have her on here to talk about the day, but that today but david i mean there are serious ramifications for this wave of covid tests for the chargers and we've seen all around the league how many games have been really impacted and even moved and postponed other days by covid and it's hit the chargers as hard as it's hit the chargers so far this season on monday seven players on the list keeman hall and joey bosa have both been ruled out by brain staley that's first so we know they're going to miss which means Positive tests for unvaccinated players. That's really all it could mean. The other yeah. players, though, on the list, Andre Roberts, Tavon Campbell, Trey Marshall, Chris Rumpf, Corey Lindsley, obviously, is another huge, huge name on the list. So hopefully, David, with these new, more lenient COVID policies and the way that they're testing and bringing back asymptomatic players, they can get some of these guys back. But nobody that's tested positive for the Chargers, unvaccinated or vaccinated, has played in the next game. So this is huge. Yeah, it is. And like you said, hopefully that those no, new protocols are going to allow these guys to play the Omicron, uh, you know, COVID-19 uh, viruses that that variant is really out there right now. It is a weaker strain, uh, according to, uh, you know, the CDC. But, you know, these guys, as long as they're asymptomatic and you know they don't have a fever and they don't have symptoms that, you know, they're, they're going to be able to spread around to people, uh, then they very well could play in this game. And you feel a lot better about their chances of playing in the game on Sunday because of these new protocols. And I mean, if some of these guys are, are going to miss the game, I mean, Corey Lindsley has been one of the best centers, one of the best offensive linemen, let alone centers in the NFL this year. I mean, I think he's given up one sack all season. Like the, the guy has been absolutely unreal. Obviously we know what Joey Bosa brings to the table, uh, but uh, with all of that being said, Daniel, if there was a game on the record, on the season, to miss is probably the the one you're feeling most comfortable with them not being there is this when they're playing on Sunday against the Texans. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's kind of like with the Giants game, you know, when you knew you were going to miss Derwin and like some other guys were questionable for that one. And you're like, OK, well, at least it's a manageable game. You still should go out there and blow them out. But. I had yeah. someone ask on Twitter, just, you know, do the Chargers have someone that can make the kind of checks and protections that Corey Lindsley can up from playing center? 
and they just don't, right? I mean, that's huge. And he's obviously done everything he's can. He's gotten vaccinated. I think you feel good about Scott Questenberry, right? From what we've seen from him, whenever he's had to fill in throughout the years, he's been adequate. I think you feel good at least of him going in there and being able to hold his own. But does he have that same level of cerebralness that Corey Lindsley does? Probably not. Well, nobody does either. I mean, there's a right. reason that Corey Lindsley, when everyone's in the huddle, is the only guy that's still standing, staring at the defense to just try to pick up on every single thing he can and start processing that right away. And, I mean, yeah. there's no way to quantify how big Corey Lindsley has been for Justin Herbert's growth in 2021. But it's fair to say that it's probably been a huge reason as to why they've been so much oh, yeah. better at getting those protections lined up up front, whether or not you know they have the guys to follow through with those protections Depends on a week-to-week basis right now. You know, in better news, David, the Chargers do get Rashawn Slater back at practice as we're recording this on Monday. That is something that needed to happen because even though Trey Pipkins played well, and I think none of us are going to, you know, want to say anything bad about him, Rashawn Slater's played at a borderline all-pro level for the Chargers this season. So having him back, especially with the uncertainty. And the fans have recognized that because he is one of the top vote getters at left tackle in the, uh, in the AFC Mm -hmm. for the pro bowl, along with quarterback, Justin Herbert. So you very well could see the Chargers quarterback and the Chargers left tackle. um, If they're not playing in the Super Bowl, of course, Mm -hmm. at the pro bowl. Yeah, I mean, for a team that doesn't have any fans, it was pretty wild to see that Justin Herbert is beating Patrick Mahomes as far as Pro Bowl voting so far this year. And Rashawn Slater, obviously, and very is very deservedly is number one at left tackle in the AFC, which is cool because all pro is the better representation oh, yeah. of how good you are, obviously. But Pro Bowls still mean things to players, I think, especially your first one, which it would be for both Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater. So that would be super cool. But I think the hard thing about this whole COVID situation, David, is just we don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow, right? Or the yeah. next day after that. So, like, as much as it seems like right now, this is terrible having those seven guys because it's like, I mean, Tavon Campbell, you still don't have Asante Samuel Jr. back. Brand Staley said it's very soon, right? But you still have no certainty that he's going to be back this week. There's nothing for sure about it. Now you're missing Tavon Campbell. You're missing Trey Marshall, not knowing the statuses of Alohi Gilman in Derwin James, right? And this is just the guys that we know about right now. So, like, hopefully some of those guys can come back and they will have the opportunity to. You're missing, you know, two edge rushers here with Joey Bosa and Chris Rumpf, right? And when you're already missing Kyler Fackrell, who's been put on injured reserve, like, that is crazy, David. And I think it's just we still have to even wait and see kind of what trickles out throughout the rest of the week while kind of just hoping and holding on to that kind of glimmer of hope that with these new policies, some of these guys can come back. Yeah, uh, that definitely right. I mean, it's it's kind of no matter who you're playing on Sunday, those guys are still professionals. They are still NFL players, and anything can happen at any given any given moment in any game. So you have to go out there and put your put your best foot forward. One thing we do know, Daniel, is that the depth of this team is going to be tested. We do not know what that team is going to look like on Sunday because. There very well could be more results that will come out in the in the coming days. So the Chargers are just going to have to adapt or die. It's as simple as that because they are in. They have a situation. They have an opportunity to go out there and control their own destiny and win these football games. And everyone else is dealing with this, so they don't care. The NFL doesn't care. Those other teams don't care. Their opponents don't care. So they just have to go out there and deal with it and go out there and go to battle with the men that you have available on Sunday. And let's be clear about this. I mean, with the guys that are on the list right now, the Chargers should still go out and beat the Houston Texans, right? But 
At the same time, though, we don't know what the list could look like. So, yeah, I mean, the Chargers should still be able to win, but let's not mitigate, you know, how hard it is to win when you're playing without some of your best players. Absolutely. I mean, that's going to, like, the NFL is close anyways, but if you're missing yeah. your top key guys, like the ones we're seeing on this list right now for the Chargers, like, yeah, you still have Justin Herbert. As long as you have Justin Herbert, you're going to have a good chance to win, right? But having these names cannot go kind of, you know, unwarranted as far as how big of an impact it could have in this upcoming game. It could make it a lot closer. Let's keep Justin in the bubble suit, right? Let's keep him away from everyone else. We don't need him contracting anything. Justin Herbert should look like Bubble Boy right (laughs) now. Bubble Boy. If you haven't seen Bubble Boy, go watch it. That's exactly what needs to happen for Justin. Keep away from Justin Herbert. Everyone stay away from Justin Herbert. Everyone in the sound of my voice. Stay away from Justin Herbert. But you've seen the Chargers kind of already respond to you know some of the positions where they could be lacking. Like yeah. cornerback, they signed former Denver Bronco corner Isang Bassey, who is a you know player that Brandon Staley has worked with in the past. So it's someone that he is familiar with, or Ronaldo Hill has worked with, I should say, in the past. So definitely bringing in more guys who can get up to the system, you know, on the fly. Yeah, that knows the, the language, like, that knows the knows the systems already that can go in there and perform immediately, basically. Right. I mean, and he does have some talent, too. But, I mean, one of the big things, especially at this point in the season, is just finding someone with Brandon Staley and that terminology and verbiage yeah. that they use. Coming from Vic Fangio to Brandon Staley is a much easier transition than if you were taking just some random guy off the street. So we'll see how that plays itself out. But obviously, if you're getting to those guys that you're having to bring in right now, uh, it's put in a pretty sketchy situation. But I do yeah. think when you're taking a corner away from a team that has some really good corners like the Broncos do too, you're hoping, okay, maybe this is somebody they were hoping they could slip back on the practice squad and the Chargers jumped on someone who has some talent there. But alas, we have better things to get into because we have NFL Network's Taylor Bashadi coming on the show. Great job by David getting her to come on the show with us. Of all people, she actually listens to the show. It's crazy to think about, so but awesome. she has some great stuff to talk about Thursday night football Brandon Staley, the fourth down conversions going for and all those things, especially Justin Herbert and what he's been able to do and what the rivalry between him and Patrick Mahomes is going to look like for the foreseeable future. But we have to get into that and we're going to do that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Boost Mobile because you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all of that brain power to because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all of the latest episodes of the Locked On Chargers podcast and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money that you'll save and all that knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage is not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. I also need to tell you guys that it's a pretty cool opportunity the Chargers have. We're going to talk about the playoffs with Taylor Bashadi and the Chargers, like we talked about yesterday, have a great shot of making the playoffs with what they're doing right now. And once they get there, they're going to be a dangerous team. I mean, not a lot of teams, I think, want to play the Chargers. So it might be right now the best time to start getting your Super Bowl plans on the way because the Chargers have an opportunity to potentially play a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, which is something that had never been done before last year with Tom Brady. And if you guys are planning to go on the Super Bowl, there's only one place that you should go, and it's On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL and the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You can select your exact seats 
and choose from elite experiences from an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends. You can have dinner provided by Wolfgang Puck, and you can also get all of the greatest things that LA has to offer with On Location. For more information, make sure you guys visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location. That's onlocationexp slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location. All right, guys, well, we're very excited to bring on our very, very special guest right now. We have Taylor Bashotti, who we've been promising you guys, the big guest of the week, an on-air reporter and host for NFL Network. We are super excited to have her on because she's very linked in with the Chargers, does a lot of the Chargers coverage so far here in L.A. with the NFL Networks now here in L.A., very well represented. So, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're very excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Right when you guys reached out, I was honestly so excited because I live in LA and I drive to Costa Mesa, which is like a 45 minute to an hour drive, I would say, depending on the traffic. And I listen to your podcast all the time. So right when you reached out, I was like flattered, humbled. So thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, no, you're definitely the big guest here. We're so excited to have you have even heard of us. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we definitely listen to NFL Network and you all the time as well. But Unfortunately, the first place we have to start here is something that you were reporting on earlier today. The Chargers placing seven players on the COVID list on Monday. Joey Bosa has already been rolled out for the game Sunday against the Texans. How tough just in general do you think it's going to be for NFL teams down the stretch having these giant names pop up? Obviously, there's the new COVID policy that maybe will help vaccinated players get back a little sooner. But just having these teams have to kind of adjust on the fly, not knowing who's going to be out there on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of just went back in time to 2020 with all these COVID cases popping up, especially with just the amount of numbers of how many players have tested positive. The only silver lining that I can say here is that I feel like the league is doing a really good job adapting to the way that the virus is kind of adapted because, you know, a lot of these players that are vaccinated are asymptomatic and they aren't showing any symptoms of the virus. So it's kind of like, well, why do we have to sit out and why do we have to follow such harsh protocols when obviously the virus has adapted. So I will say that there is a little bit of a silver lining there, but it is an issue because there are players that are going to show symptoms and it's just going to be, I feel like every team is just going to have to navigate it the best that they can, but losing a player, an unvaccinated player like Joey Bosa who leaves the league right now in sacks. I mean, that's just huge for your team. And we saw in the Browns game, Browns Raiders game right now, nobody wants to win the AFC, but Baker Mayfield, <laughs> he is asymptomatic. And as I know, his wife was, you know, Instagramming and tweeting about this very passionately this morning, just because, you know, he wants to play, he wants to be out there. He, whether or not, like, you know, it's a personal decision whether or not players get vaccinated and they just kind of feel like they're at a disadvantage if they are unvaccinated and can't get out there. So look, I hope that this isn't the storyline that we had going into the Super Bowl. I hope that you know, they're able to clean it up and kind of come to a better system, which I feel like we kind of started to take those steps with the new protocols. Yeah, thankfully, because the the NFL's the best version of this product is having the best players on the field competing on Sundays. I mean, that's what people tune in to see. Um, But hey, you were on the field on Thursday night football, and it seemed like it was a great atmosphere at SoFi Stadium. The Chargers didn't get the win, unfortunately, but was there any positives that you can kind of take away from that 100%, really hard game? 100% tons of positives. First of all, who filled in for Rashawn Slater was Trey Pipkins, and he did an outstanding job. And I think that everybody was really, really concerned about how he was going to fill in there. That left tackle position has obviously been such an integral part to how successful this offense has been, especially how successful Herbert has been. He's opened up the run game. He's protected Herbert. He's allowed him to be a, you know, a deep passer. So I think that there was a lot of positive that came into knowing that Trey Pipkins was fully capable 
of doing that job. Absolutely. Um, and I also, I just have to shout out to the amount of Chargers fans that I saw there at SoFi Stadium. Obviously, I covered the Chargers more than any other team, so I'm a little bit partial and biased to them. But just the amount of fans and the amount that LA, like, you know, football fans have rallied around and really gotten on board with this Chargers team. I love it. I love to see it. I swear I was leaving the stadium and I saw just as many Chargers fans as I saw Chiefs fans. And I mean, who wouldn't want to be in LA this time of year? So that just says a lot because you know that, you know that away teams are going to want to travel to LA and come see their team. If they're going to, you know, circle a date on the calendar, this is going to be one of them to come see the new stadium, but the Chargers did a great job holding their ground and really just showing up for, for the team. And I also think that another positive just, rolling down the list um, is the running back situation. Yeah. Obviously Austin Eckler took 30% 30 or 35% of the snaps, which is his fewest amount of snaps in a game this season because of that sprained ankle. But Joshua Jackson um, did a great job stepping up for him. So maybe that RB two is kind of coming into, um, or Justin Jackson is yeah. kind of coming into um, fruition, which we've been calling out for all year. Yeah, even Austin Eckler has been wanting an RB2. But yeah, I mean, I especially in a season where like he's by far, you know, exceeded the amount of touches he's ever had in a year, right? So as you yeah. get down towards the playoffs, obviously needing this dude, once you get there, having that guy to take some of the burden off of him is just going to play a huge, you know, pay to huge dividends down the stretch. But what a game between, you know, a couple what a of game, and It was just so close. It just makes you think that, okay, the Chargers are so very much in this. Right. AFC hunt and as one of the top teams, because we all think of the, you know, the chiefs is potentially the best team in the AFC right now. Well, the chargers were right up there with them and had Derwin James been healthy. That was the biggest X factor of this game to me. 100%. I think that you look at it and you see that when Derwin was on the field, Travis Kelsey had one reception for 14 yards when yeah. he wasn't on the field. That's when he gave up. That's, that's when he had two touchdowns and over 177 yards. Yeah. So, you know, Travis Kelsey wasn't able to get open and wasn't able to do those Travis Kelsey things when Derwin was on the field. So had Derwin been healthy, had Austin not had that sprained ankle, had Rashawn Slater been in the game, I know this is a lot of, you know, like what ifs, what but I do think that the outcome would have been different. And I think that the Chargers are right up there and we're seeing so much improvement every single game. And I think that's what Brandon Staley like kept highlighting today was just saying, look, like, you know, we're not down and out about this team right now. We are very much alive. There are a lot of, there's a lot of football left for us. And because of how much we've improved in kind of really every facet of our game, we're pretty, we're pretty optimistic and positive about the direction that the team is actually going. Well, and I mean, just looking at that game in particular, now we've had three games between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. There's obviously yeah. one game last year where it was the backups in for KC. Don't really count that for the, you know, Justin Herbert matchup, but We've now seen, I mean, one game was a Justin Herbert game-winning touchdown, right, late in the fourth quarter. The other two games have been decided in overtime with a 58-yard field goal on the walk-off on Thursday. What do you think that just says about what this division's going to look like for the foreseeable future with those two dudes already just performing and having those games every time they match up? It is 100% going to be the most, like, one of the most competitive divisions. I think that historically, you know, we've seen the NFC North, you know, they've had their really competitive time the AFC North um now the AFC West which wasn't always known as one of like you know the toughest divisions that there are with like these like you know top teams but with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert they're two of the best young quarterbacks in the league right now and I don't see that changing anytime soon and honestly the Broncos look I mean the Broncos and the Raiders were right up there with them too at the beginning of the season so it's a tough division it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna 
take a lot to really stand out and separate yourself. So it's a lot of fun football for us to watch. Yeah, and we're so blessed that we get to see Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes going head-to-head for hopefully the next decade, right? We won't have any boring games, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of primetime games as well. Before we get back to Taylor Bashani, I also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. And guess what, guys? It's bowl season. It's one of the best times of the year to bet on football. And right now, the only place to bet on any pro or college football is at betonline.ag, who remain your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, from baseball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that they have available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. One of the most discussed talking points of that Chiefs game was Brandon Staley's decisions to go for it on fourth down. What did you make of those decisions for him to keep on going for it? This is a topic that I feel like we could talk about for hours on end, especially after we saw, you know, kind of the world, like the Twitter world, which is always just so mean sometimes, just go nuts on Brandon Staley. And then literally we saw what happened with the Ravens and John Harbaugh on Sunday. And then don't worry, everybody directed their hate towards him. But look, I think that Brandon Staley's philosophy has pretty much stayed the same. And that is that we are going to play aggressive. We are not going to play scared. We are not going to play in fear. I think that he has really bought into the statistics and the analytics and the math of these games. And I don't think that this team would be in the situation that they are right now if it weren't for his aggressive play calling and those bold decisions that he's made. I don't think that they would have won week three in Kansas City. I don't think that they would have won in honestly the next game was against the Raiders and they set that up. Yep. Yeah. Cleveland and uh, and the Raiders too, yeah. Yeah, and Vegas. So I do think that, you know, we can sit there when it doesn't work out and be upset about it, but we've got to look at it from both sides. And had it been successful and had it worked, we would have been saying he's the smartest coach in, you know, in the league right now. Yeah. So I, I think that it's easy to have second guesses and think about it and wonder, okay, was that the right decision? But I do believe in his philosophy and in his coaching because – Again, this team wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for for those like that approach. Yeah, and just continuing to go for it, even you know, when the numbers have backed mm-hmm. him up in every situation. I mean, it's hard to go against them. And like, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you have to and think that about first one was to Donald Parham, and I'm so glad to hear yeah. that he is uh, out of the hospital yes. and doing okay. But like that one scary usually sure. would have been converted you know yeah exactly oh, yeah. That was a touchdown. touchdown i mean For keenan sure. allen's fourth down one where it gets batted down that's a touchdown too plus it's like hey you get one of those in the first half now you're sitting at 21 points instead of kicking two field goals and you're at 20 points so exactly. the number is always checked out and brand Staley, i think chargers fans for so long wanted the aggressive coach when they didn't have it right and yeah. it's like hey you got i couldn't be like a bigger fan i swear i just think yeah. that he's got like such a great approach just not only in coaching but the way that he relates to the players like that speaks volumes speaks volume and going from one extreme to the other, but you look at a coach like Brandon Staley, who is a like player's coach. And then you see somebody like in Jacksonville, like an urban Meyer and like, what do you want? Like, I want the Brandon Staley. He's just the epitome of just a class act football coach who fights for his players, who, you know, is just a good, good person. I'm excited to see him, you know, be in 
be the coach of this team for a long time to come. I don't see that changing. He's great at press conferences too. I mean, he is. Oh my God. I feel like I literally feel like I'm sitting in a Ted talk. I'm like, don't worry. I get to go to my free therapy session today. I'm just going to work, listening to Brandon Staley talk about life. Who knows what he's going to pull out of his pocket today. Yeah. When like, it's so rare that you see someone like actually win like the fan base before they've even coached a practice. Right. And that's what seemed to happen with Brandon Staley. And I mean, one of the players who I think has benefited the most from that this year is Justin Herbert, who even after having maybe the best rookie season of all time, still had a lot of people was this going to be the sophomore slump, you know, and there was certain narratives that were definitely floating around. And I think he's come out and kind of squashed all of those, but like, what have been your impressions? What has impressed you most? from Justin Herbert in year two, who just seemingly every week is breaking a new record. He's breaking new records. And he's just, <laughs> even when he's under pressure, his poise under pressure is unbelievable. And then something that Staley always talks about is like a lot of quarterbacks can sling the ball down the field. A lot of them can, you know, make crazy throws and ha- have crazy arm strength, but most of them cannot throw under pressure with the accuracy that Herbert has. That's what stands out to me is that he is literally throwing like video game throws while getting hit under pressure of that one to um, Jalen Guyton while getting hit under pressure and the accuracy, he's just putting it right in their hands. And he always credits the receivers. He's like, if I just get them the ball, but it's like, no, 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 nobody, no other quarterback could, could be put in this situation and still play to the level that he is. And I just, it's I like he doesn't know how good he is. Like maybe he's just that humble, but like, so it's like he humble. doesn't get it. It's yeah. really frustrating as a media member though, <laughs> yeah, because we're always requesting to get like the quarterback after the game to do our one-on-one interview with. And he's always like, Oh no, no. Like he tells the PR people, I don't want to do any interviews. Just let, let one of the guys do it. And it's like, okay, every once in a while, you got to talk though. Right. <laughs> Some of the attention has to go on you when you throw for, you know, countless 300 yard games. Right. He's, he's hilarious. I mean, if you look up a, a PR interview uh, in, in the handbook, that's going to be Justin Herbert's answers every single time. Oh, I know. He, I know. He very, very little. But that's Got who he is. the quarterback speak very quickly. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping he, he, he gets more like Philip Rivers the more he is. I, I do too. And I think that will come in time. Yeah. I think that you've heard some of the players. Like I, I was talking about Karen Bosa or Derwin or one of the guys after the game one time. And I did my post-game interview with him. And – he was saying that he's become more of a leader in the locker room and more outspoken, which. Oh yeah. I think it was Bosa who said like, I'm not even that big of a vocal leader and he's already doing that in year two. Yeah. 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 I remember that. That's awesome. Uh, So the chargers have some, some big rookies, some great rookies playing some big roles, obviously one of those. And I'd say the most important and the the one that's shined the most Rashawn Slater, the left tackle. And of course the second round pick Asante Samuel jr. Who Mm -hmm. has been arguably the chargers best corner this year with other guys likely having their roles increased lately. What are your thoughts on the Chargers 2021 rookie class so far? I I think it's been outstanding. I think that they literally hit gold with Rashawn Slater. I remember reading an uh, interview with him before he had been drafted just about how like dedicated he was to his craft. And I had covered Oregon pro day. So a part of me was kind of thinking that they were going to go for Panay Sewell and Panay Sewell's had an outstanding rookie year as well. But just like listening or reading about how Rashawn dedicates his life to football. And basically the second he was drafted, he was like, I am your bodyguard. You never have to worry about a thing. Like I've got you. And I remember I read this story that he was on vacation for spring break and still he was like in the corner, they were on like a boat, like one of those cruise ships. He's like in the corner of the cruise ships, just still going through plays, just dialed in. It's like, Oh my God, do you ever take a, do you ever take a vacation? But yeah, no, I mean, I work with Brian Baldinger and I think that Baldy 
talks about him nonstop all the time. <laughs> Fan number one, and understandably so. Oh, for sure. I mean, we had Baldy on uh, right before the season and just like, hey, make everyone feel good about this first round pick Rashawn Slater. He couldn't have had better things to say, you know, and that's yeah. with the dude not playing in two seasons. You know, I know. Of everything with COVID and all that, but he's been great. I mean, it's it's been a long time since the Chargers have had a left tackle as good as Rashawn Slater. God and he's said. a rookie and he's number one in Pro Bowl voting. And it, it, just to get your biggest need like that in the first yeah. round, have it fall to you was just crazy. <laughs> but the Chargers now are in crunch time. I mean, it's the final three games of the season. We were crunching playoff numbers last night. I mean, the Chargers went out there in. You know, if they lose one, yeah. they still have a pretty good shot. But what do you think it says about this first-year coaching staff if they are able to go overachieve in that sense? Because I do think even with a talented roster, with the guys they've been missing, with the things they've had to kind of go through, I do think they are overachieving just a first-year coaching staff, you know, yeah. what normally the expectations would be. So how impressive do you think that would be if they can make it in in year one? I mean, I think they should make it in. They, they've they been incredibly impressive, and I just feel like they're getting better each and every game in the small little things that they really couldn't fully kind of get it together in the beginning of the season, like sure. the defense that's kind of coming together, the special teams. They have a that's kicker. Fair. The Chargers have a kicker, everyone. Breaking news. They don't like to use them sometimes. They don't like to use them. them, That's all that matters. But there's little things. And I just, I feel like it would be such a shame for this team not to make it to the playoffs because I do think that the second that they are in the playoffs, anything is possible. We have seen what they've been able to do on the road. They don't need a home playoff game in order for them to be successful once they're there. I wouldn't want to play the Chargers team if they make it to the playoffs and if they're in there because I think that they get Derwin back to full health Austin back to full health. Uh, Asante Samuel, like you said, he's hopefully going to be released from concussion protocol this week. Hopefully, again, I think that we've all been optimistic about it for the last couple of weeks, but I think that, again, that will be a huge difference maker. And I I couldn't be more impressed with just Staley's philosophy and the way that he's managed to connect with all the players and really make them all buy into this process. It's so much different than what I've seen, at least from new Chargers coaches in the past. It just really yeah. does seem genuine, more transparent than I've seen before. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Oh, it's been fantastic having him in comparison to Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn. I mean, it's well, just I mean, completely The players know. I mean, different. he said it too. Like, the players know if you're BSing them. Like, players are yeah. smart. They know yeah. when a guy comes in and knows what he's talking about. It seems like he's gotten and that buy-in from the players. Something that stood out to me that he said is like, you know, like when you're going through film and you're studying something like, I want to, I want a player to know why we're doing something a certain way. Yeah. I don't want to just sit there and say, memorize this play. It's kind of like understanding something in school when you're in third grade and the science teacher is teaching you about something like you're understanding, like why you, why you do things a certain way, the process of it, because that eventually is going to pay off in the long run because moving forward, you actually understand the game of football. Like I don't want to sit there and treat them like they're just not saying Bill Belichick does this, but just, you know, go here, go there, go there, where they're memorizing plays. But I want them to understand the approach behind it, the reasoning behind it. And then if at that point they disagree, then we can talk through something. And I want to hear what they see when they're on the field. It's, you know, I'm not out there with them. And so if they see something different, like I want to know it, know about it. And so then we can go back to the drawing board and see, okay, is there a better way for us to do this? He just seems very like in tune with what the players want, what they need. And then ultimately it's going to set them up to be as successful as possible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Brandon Staley, he's uh, he's really been phenomenal. He, he's he's been a breath of fresh air without yeah. question. One guy who is an integral member of this team on the defensive side, we know how good he is. We just know that he has to be healthy. And 
a guy who's been mostly healthy this year. And of course, I'm talking about the all world safety, Derwin James. Yeah. Um, after missing a couple of games here due, due to, you know, two, you know, actually two years due to injuries, are you surprised yeah. that he's been able to come back so quickly and get back to that all pro form? Not at all. Just like how much he loves football, how dialed in he is as a player, how much he is just so passionate about the game and wants to be out there. I went over the charger sideline before the game and they said that I was like, is Derwin going to play? I heard that he was going to be on like a limited snap count similar to Austin. And they were like, Taylor, that's a silly question. We would literally have to physically hold Derwin down in order for him not to be out there. He loves the game so much. He's, you know, he's going to work hard for it too. He's not one of those players that's just naturally gifted and will go out there and, you know, have a good game, have a bad game, but he's sitting there and he cares about every single person on that team, giving it the, giving it their all and playing to their best ability. He's such a leader in that locker room. And I mean, I can't say enough positive things about him. It's just the numbers speak for themselves as to like what he does when he's on the field, what their numbers are versus what it, what they are when he's off the field. I mean, I think the Kansas city game was a perfect, perfect example of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you see how good he is when he's not out there because Brain Staley's asking him to do so much. Like, it's hard to see all the things he's doing on the back yeah. end to cover things up when teams aren't targeting him down there. But Brain Staley knows that's where he needs to be to stop the explosive plays, like we saw at the end of that Kansas yeah. City game, right? And being there. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to throw it towards Kelsey when he when he knew that Derwin was lurking back there. I wouldn't no, no, you're definitely not going 50 yards after the catch in the middle of the field with Derwin James. I mean, mm-hmm. ask Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who kind of learned the hard way. Maybe just <laughs> step out of bounds next time if Derwin James is coming at you on the tracks. But Taylor, thank you so much. I mean, I'm thank so you excited. for having me. For sure. I mean, you'll definitely hopefully come on with us again as this season. I would love progresses. to. Hopefully, we'll be talking again in the playoffs, right? Yes. yes. All right. Well, Taylor Versati, number one guest once the Chargers get into the playoffs, which they absolutely should do, and taking care of business this week against the Houston Texans. But yeah, thank you so much again. We really thank you appreciate for your time. Me. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.